The brutality endured by First World War internees on Wellington's Matu Soames Island is remembered by Dunedin author Paddy Richardson in her latest novel. Many of the interns who had German heritage had already faced hostility from their neighbours even before they were carted off by officials. By the Green of the Spring also tells of the grief suffered by the interns' families and partners. In the novel, engaged couple Pansy and Otto live happily in Blackball on the South Island's west coast. But when Otto is arrested by the wartime authorities, Pansy quickly marries their mutual friend Clem, rather than have Otto's child out of wedlock. Carla Gray reads from By the Green of the Spring. From the perspective of that child, Lena, here at seeing Clem when he returns from the war. She must tip her head back to take in the long stretch of this papa. Up, up from his long legs and his long arms to his shoulders and his neck to his face. He has a nice enough face, she thinks, and his eyes are brown like Nan's. Perhaps he is kind. The papa has short hair, but at the top of his head it springs up into rolly curls. His face is a wishy-washy colour and shining with wet, as if he's been running in a long way. Except Mama has told her he has only one proper leg, and his other leg is only halfway real, and the rest wood, and she doesn't think wooden legs can run. When he sits down, he makes an oofing noise, as if something is hurting him. When she asks to see his leg, he shows her, though she can tell Mama thinks she is wrong in asking. Well, the part of the leg that is left is quite short, and it stops where his knee should be, and there is pink skin drawn over the end of it, which is stretched-looking and puckered up like an old lady's. The papa shows her how it fits into a round piece of wood with soft stuff inside. He says it's called a cup and that it's joined to the wooden leg. Paddy, reading this took me right back to 2019 because you and I were talking about the research that went into this novel then when you were just finishing your time at the Randall Cottage. And even then it was very clear to me that Soames Matu Island and the stories of those who were effectively abandoned out there, tortured out there, had really got through to you. It's an extraordinary place even now, I think. It is an extraordinary place, and I used to go over there and and do a lot of walking and thinking, and I actually stayed over there for a few nights, and one of the things that really did move me at that point was Well, the wind was just incredible. It was ferocious. And I thought about these men in these sort of crumbling um, buildings and the coldness of it. But also they weren't able to be, they weren't allowed to stay in the buildings during the day. So I was thinking about, you know, them walking around with, you know, so, so little to occupy them and to shelter them and and look after them you know during this terrible wind and the coldness there and the exposure it really did astound me that this could have happened to ordinary civilians ordinary respectable civilians from New Zealand who just happened to have some sort of German heritage. And this is where we start with the novel, actually, with Otto and his friends and Blackball, and they are aware of the war. There are uh, emergent stories around the country of people, as you say, with German names, German connections, coming under attack. 
they felt that mm-hmm. in Black Ball they might be safe, but certainly they never felt they were enemy aliens. You know, they were New Zealanders, they were working hard, and this came as such a shock to them when they were, it's a bit like the Dawn Raids, effectively officers yes. would cuff them and take them away. Yes, yes. Uh, there was a, a strong feeling of, uh, you know, anti-German hysteria, really, and even to the point that people who had owned dachshunds were afraid to take them out on the street because they were actually attacked and kicked. This was that hatred of Germans. People with a German heritage who owned businesses um, had their shop windows kicked in. There was somebody, I think, in Palmerston North who was pursued and actually, well, he was found dead the next day. He may have taken his own life, but it seemed as if he had been thrashed by these thugs. It's quite astounding. And one of the things that that did really worry me was that it was the men but it was also their families who were abused. The family businesses, people that used to work or uh, shop there would no longer go to the businesses. Women were left with their children without, you know, the man who was traditionally the breadwinner. It was so cruel, so cruel. And Otto in your story, he's educated, he's a minor in blackball, but he's educated, he's um, very intelligent, he's very articulate, but these count against him actually when he comes up against the officials. And I thought also this dilemma, I mean, he was trying to write a letter to Pansy, his fiancée, and there was only contempt from the officers when he tried to do that. Once he's on the island, you make the point that attorneys could only write two letters a week. And there's Otto going, oh my God, what do I do? I have to, do I write to Pansy? I've got people to write to for the appeal, for parole. I need to write to my mother. All these dilemmas for these men. They were just punished in so many ways. Oh yes, and they, they weren't even able to leave at the end of the war because there was some sort of idea that that they wouldn't be allowed to leave until the final people who'd been incarcerated in German um, prisons had left. So they were they were left there, and then they had the Chapman report or the inquiry into their conditions on the island, which I think was pretty much a whitewash. And then at the end of it all, there were. 260 of these men deported to Germany. Um, These men who had probably never lived in Germany or maybe had lived there, you know, when they were very young, they were deported to Germany where there was no lives for them at all. It's starting to feel very familiar in terms of our situation with Australia at the moment, isn't it, in many ways? And, And the deportation of people with absolutely no links to their Hmm. inverted commas, home country. Yes, it's astonishingly stupid and irrational and unjust. But in this case, these men were sent to Germany, uh, which was obviously war-torn and the economy was had absolutely collapsed. They had no contacts. They had no family, many of them. 
and that they were sent off there. And I, I do believe that the reason that they that so many were sent was because the conditions on Soames had been so appalling and so brutal that they were afraid of what might come out after the war. And Paul Otto, I mentioned before that he was trying to stay connected with his fiancée uh, in Blackpool with his friends. Pansy's in a horrific, impossible situation, really, when we're thinking about the times. She's carrying his child, so she's she's pregnant, to somebody now stuck on Soames Matu Island for however long. Her options are very limited, aren't they? And she takes a sensible course of action, I'm thinking here, more for the child than for her. Yes, she has no choice. She couldn't bring up a child on her own. She'd be pretty much shunned in Blackpool if that happened. So she does marry Clem. And in many ways, she makes a good life for herself and for her daughter, Lena. But there's always that that sense that it was so unjust that this, this was the choice that she had to make. They'd all been friends. I mean, they knew each other growing up. So it wasn't that she reached out to a stranger. But Clem also understood the depth of love. I mean, it's just one of those impossible situations. But he stepped up. But then he he goes to war, which I don't think she expected either, given his principles. No, 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 absolutely not. And it's his... It's his way out. He he doesn't know how to deal with everything, so he goes off to war. But then when he comes back um, damaged and injured, they do have to make a life. They'd been friends. In the meantime, she'd given birth to Lena, Otto's daughter, and Clem comes back into his family and into a, a very socialist place in, in Blackpool where people that went to war weren't exactly welcome (laughs) so he has to make a new life for himself in his damaged state and make a family with Pansy and Lena which they do and I I loved writing that I, I loved writing the you know the first difficulties that they had and and you know the trauma of him returning and how damaged he is, he's, he's experiencing what they call used to call shell shock. But gradually they, they make a life. And then I move them, of course, to Omaru, where he becomes a stonemason. <laughs> well, Lena's story too, of course, is central to this. And uh, when she first meets Clem and is able to recognise him, I mean, again, so many children around the world will have gone through this with fathers they didn't know because they were born you know after their fathers left or um, were too young to remember and they're told this is your father you must love him Mm. I mean what Mm. a a bizarre kind of weird situation for these young ones to be in yes yes and they've made their own um, you know their own very sort of comfortable lives with their mother and then suddenly this this large probably damaged and unhappy man comes into their lives. It's a story of that of the two wars, really, the First World War and the Second World War, of, of men coming back into families where the families have made their own places and they're almost intruders and they've been through the most horrific experiences. 
By the Green of the Spring by Paddy Richardson is published by Quentin Wilson. It's a sequel to her novel Through the Lonesome Dark.